Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Hey folks, welcome into Garden Views, and you know, I usually listen back to the show at double speed, so I never realized quite how sultry that is, and that's very appropriate because this is a Valentine's Day themed episode, Love is in the Air, and to help us in guiding us to love and how to find love and stuff like that, I found a professional matchmaker, Tammy Tilson. I have known her for a while in real life, and uh, I learned of, uh, some time ago that she was a professional matchmaker as well as other things, but we don't need to talk about the other things. We'll just talk about the matchmaking unless she wants to. So, Tammy, how are you tonight? And thank you for coming into Garden Views. Thanks for having me, Jeff. No, it's great. It's great it's to pleasure. be here. Yes. And after a few tech issues, uh, we finally got it together. So there you go. If folks, if you hear any difference in the audio, I'm using Riverside, which is a platform that... Uh, we use on one of my other podcasts, and I've only recently been able to adopt it to uh, these shows, and hopefully it's better and easier. Um, we'll see. Um, but Tammy, first of all, if you want to, you can you can tell us about your path and your journey to the the role of matchmaker, or, or just you know what made you say one day, I'm going to be a matchmaker. I'd be good at this. Well, it was never a thought or even uh, something I had ever even really considered or knew about. Okay. It kind of happened organically. So I've been a psychotherapist in private practice since about 2004. So I love helping people and um, it makes me feel very fulfilled. Um, But my personal and professional life kind of coincided in a way in around 2007 when I was going through my own dating journey um, after divorce and I was actually enjoying it. I was reading books about it and all of a sudden I would really notice that my ears were perking up when therapy clients we're bringing up issues related to being single or re-entering the dating world after being divorced. And so I felt my whole kind of emotional being and physical being being kind of pulled toward wanting to help people in that way. So I started a business as a dating coach and Lo and behold, I was getting calls asking if I was a matchmaker and kind of went into like panic mode because I thought, oh my God, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, is the universe trying to tell me something? 
So I quickly Googled matchmakers in Baltimore and Maryland, and I noticed there really weren't any matchmakers in Baltimore specifically, and pretty much maybe just one in the surrounding Maryland DC area. So I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I think I need to start building a database and moving like in a different direction, like than just being a dating coach. So basically around 2015, I started a matchmaking company and ever since I've been building up a database of singles who are interested in finding committed relationships. Do you think that these folks, they tried online and it just let them down over and over again? Many people, most of, most of the people that I work with have already tried, you know, dating online or dating apps without obviously success. Um, which is why they come to me because they're very much wanting a committed relationship. They're wanting to find success and they're not able to find it on their own. And they're feeling often very discouraged and very rejected and very frustrated. And they're looking for some support. They're looking for another way, hopefully, to find their special someone. So here's all I know about matchmaking. The, the song from Fiddler on the Roof, which is a play I'm pretty sure I've never seen, but probably should have. And the show Millionaire Matchmaker that was on Bravo for like five years, uh, which I don't think I ever missed an episode. Um, but she had almost zero success, despite claiming that she had success. None I could see on TV. And then her own marriage <laughs> fell apart, sort of publicly. Well, she never I, got married. She oh, actually right. was never married. Yeah, it, it, right. It fell apart before the uh, actual ceremony, which is better than after. But still, I mean, when you're a matchmaker and you get engaged, it, it, it sort of ruins your TV repertoire. It's like if you're in one of those flipping shows and you go bankruptcy because you can't sell any houses. Um, so I know very little about it except what I saw in that show. How close to reality is that show? Like, what's the vetting process? What kind of activities do you do? And Take it slow. I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm like trying to combine like an eight step process right. into one question. Right. I mean, I've only seen that show a couple times, so I can't, and I, I wasn't like, I didn't see it from beginning to end. So I can't totally speak, you know, to that, um, to her show, but I, I have met her, you know, at conferences. Mm -hmm. um, I have seen her show, a, you know, a little bit here and there we have very different styles. Again, I don't, you know, just from the sense I got from watching her show. Um, so I'm not looking to criti criticize anyone sure. um, or put somebody down and make them feel more shame than they already feel. You know, um, I'm there to build people up and, and try to empower them in lots of ways, whether it means taking them shopping, whether it means, you know, giving them some dating strategies or conversation tips. Um, so I'm there. I, I try to approach helping people in a very holistic way where I'm not just introducing them to other singles that fit their criteria, but I'm looking to build their self-esteem. I'm looking to build their physical self, whether that means improving their health, getting help, you know, 
you know, referring them to somebody who can help get them in better shape. You know, I, I do take them shopping. I do work with them and talk to them regularly um, to get them their mind and their body in the best shape possible. So when they go on a date, they feel more confident. They feel like they're bringing their, hopefully their best self forward. So, so, you know, I come from, you know, since I am a social worker, that's my background. I come from a very um, compassionate place, you know, where I, you know, people, by the time they've come to me, not always, but often, like I said, they, they have had struggles or they wouldn't need me. Um, and not everyone, some people just don't have the time or they don't want to be public with the online dating. Um, but I try to be very compassionate and use the, the therapy skills and tools that I have to help people in the, in the matchmaking process. Let's step back a second. You said you go shopping with them. So are, does that mean that you're sort of like their fashion consultant as well? Or is it just to yeah. keep them company? Yeah. No, no. I mean, some people just, you know, you know, I look at it as a good bonding time. You mm-hmm. know, I, I get to see them in a different light. No, I'm not there just to keep them company. I think some people need a little more support or they're not even aware that maybe their clothes don't fit them right or they're wearing clothes that just don't flatter them. Um, uh, or, you know, so sometimes, you know, even if they do have nice clothes, I think it's good to kind of refresh your wardrobe. You don't get a whole, you don't have to get a whole new wardrobe, but even getting a few new things kind of gets you in the right headspace. Yes, you know, I know a lot of clothing kind of... salesmen that would agree with you, salespeople. Um, right. So, so uh, like, are you like a, a source? Do you have like a catalog of like tailors and haberdashers and fine clothiers that that uh, no. come to you and say, hey, Tammy, I've got a special for your clients this, this month? No, there's a couple places I tend to take clients where it's reasonably priced and they have a nice selection. Um, but yeah, they're not paying I'm us. Not they can pay me like... for commercial time. What? They can pay me for commercial time. We're not giving, we're not giving them free commercials. Unless it's okay. Nordstrom's. I love you, Nordstrom's. Right. Okay. Well, I do take them to Nordstrom Rack because I find like they have a very good, especially for men, they have a very good men's selection. Um, it's, you know, I've had a lot of success there taking clients and they do have tailors or seamstresses there if it doesn't fit quite right. Um, but if somebody has a place that they, where they like to shop, I can meet them, you know, um, I've met them there. So it's, you know, whatever, whatever my client wants, uh, you know, I try to meet, meet their needs and I don't want to change who they are. I'm trying to enhance who they are. And and again, I, I want them to feel comfortable in their clothes and, and like how they look. So that's just one aspect of that's kind of just an added option that I offer clients. Not everybody takes me up on it. Sometimes I've gone to people's closets and I've seen what they have and, and, you know, kind of work, I can work with what they have, but that's obviously only one piece of kind of getting somebody ready to date. 
Yes, well, unfortunately, it's the one piece which you know rings to me in my in my former life when I was a fashionista and loved doing shopping. Now I just wear like superhero t shirts and wrestling t shirts and yeah. You know, so anyway, but enough about me. No one's interested. So um, I imagine that if someone's paying for a matchmaker service, they're probably you know either young with disposable income or they're you know upper middle class affluent. Am I right or wrong about that? I mean, some people are very affluent. I would say the average person is is comfortable. I don't think they have, you know, I know people assume, oh, you must have tons of money if you hire a matchmaker. Um, it's not necessarily the case. I think people really value wanting to find a partner. So it's important to them, even if they don't have a lot of money. And I don't think most of my clients have a ton of money. Um, I think it's just very important to them at this time. And so they're willing to make the investment. Well, if it saves them, you know, 10 or 20 bad dates of, of expenses, right. you know, it, it could be, a, it could be a savings as well, but I, uh, you know, you, you, or one, some people are paying for the online dating subscriptions for five, 10, 15 years. That adds up too. So true. this way, you know, they're getting more one-on-one personalized attention. Well, Cheapo McGillicuddy here only used the free services when they when they were free. Um, but anyway, and Chico McGillicuddy, by the way, since this is audio, is me, Jeff. That's that's what I did. No one else. Oh. Um, now, the millionaire matchmaker, again, going back to her, she vetted her clients that they had a certain net worth. It doesn't sound like that's right. part of your... your no. Okay. No, I, I, I think that's too limiting. I like to not just help people that have a lot of money. I like to help people from all different backgrounds, races, religions. And, you know, most of the people I work with, I mean, some, you know, there's just a range. It's very diverse. So I'm not looking just for the millionaire. Um, I'm just, I don't really care as much about how much money they have. I just, want to make sure they're very serious about this commitment and that they're open-minded and have realistic expectations. So I don't take everybody. Um, I've learned through experience that if I really feel I can't match somebody and I don't have the right clients in my database that they're looking for, I'd rather not take them on as a client. So how do you make that decision? Do you, when someone contacts you, do you call them in for an, an interview and you go through a series of questions, then you go through your your database, your electronic Rolodex, so to speak, and see if you have, almost like a realtor, to see if you've got the right house for the right people, you, that you have potential matches for that person? Yes. I mean, I, I prefer to meet them in person, but if that can't happen, I'll meet them via Zoom. I also have them fill out a very extensive profile um, in my database, in my software. And through, you know, many discussions with them, I learn about, you know, their preferences and what what they're looking for. And I will go through my database. And if I feel I don't have enough people, you know, potential matches for them, I would rather them just, you know, just be a, but just be in my database member, uh, just be in my database where I'm not actively searching for them and they're not paying me, but if I have a, a paying client who's looking for somebody like them, they may get an introduction. Okay, very good. Um, 
How did you launch the business and get people to know that it existed? Or did you launch the business because people were coming to you for this anyway and you wanted to say to them, um, we're, ready, we're ready to go? Say that again. I'm sorry. Well, how did, how did you initially launch and promote the business? How did you get, oh, I just, you get your phone Well, well um, that's a good question. Uh, I'm trying to think back. How did I initially launch? I mean, first it's, you know, getting a website going, you know, and doing those practical things like the logo and, and, and I think initially it was doing a lot of events um, and what to get my event? name out there. What? What kind of events do you did? Did you like parties, um, speed dating it? events, um, singles events, you know, just singles events, whether it's um, like happy hours or, um, or, you know, like, Again, going to like a you know creating a bowling party or a speed like we did speed dating. We did valent you know I did Valentine's Day parties. I was also on the news. I've been on the news probably at least fifteen twenty times. So you know being out there on TV and being in 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 magazines um, got my name out there. Um, I'm very much of a networker and very very proactive. And, you know, everywhere I went, I'd be giving out cards. So it took time. I mean, it takes time, like any business, to build a name and a reputation. And obviously, when I was having success, you know, as I have success with clients, the word gets out. Mm -hmm. People start telling, people love to talk about love. People love to talk about who they're dating or what dates they've gone on, especially when they're happy. So, you know, word of mouth. Um, spread quickly and, and friends of friends were calling me or just, you know, it, it got out and, and, you know, gradually over time has spread and, you know, and built up a nice business um, and a nice reputation. But it doesn't just like anything, it doesn't happen. It requires a lot of hard work and like real you know, desire to want to help people in this way so because it's not, it's not easy. Oh, you know, sure. people think it's all fun and they think of like millionaire matchmaker. Oh, it must have be so much fun. That's so cool. You know, it is fun and it's very rewarding, but it's not easy. Like most things, it's not easy. No, well, if that show was all fun and easy, it wouldn't make for a good drama. It was, it, and it wasn't. Right. There were, there was a lot of failures and a lot of bumps in the road. And yeah, I mean, there's plenty of failures and, struggles on the way to love so you said in the beginning that you hosted a lot of events um was this to build up your database or was it from your existing database i mean i think both when we when you're starting out with nothing when you're starting out you don't have anybody right right you know like it was really to kind of launch it it, it was to launch it, but even once it was launched and I had hundreds in the database, I had to continue doing events to keep bringing in new people. And I had to do, write blogs and I had, I did some podcasts, other podcasts, because again, it's another form of getting your name out, exposure, marketing. So 
when you're a, a small business owner, you have to be very proactive. It's not going to land in your lap. You got to create it and you got to, you know, especially being very visible on, on, you know, Google and online so people find you, you know, you're not just out there. I was out there like pounding the streets, but after a while it was nice because people started to find me on their own just by being online and you know, would fill out a database and then it would start a conversation. And so, you know, you, you have to have a like diversified approach. You can't just do events. You can't just rely on the internet. You have to do lots of things like being on TV and um, just being out there. Um, How do you get to- yourself on TV? Just by sending blogs to various channels, especially around Valentine's Day, they're all looking to do segments. Mm. But like when it was COVID, I was on about dating during COVID. How is dating during COVID like different than dating pre-COVID? So you have to find the angle. There are a lot of newscasters are looking to fill some of their time slots, right? you know, and so... If you tell, give them some ideas, then they're happy to call you and say, hey, you know, do you want to be on our show? So, but, you, you know, they're not going to seek you out. You have to seek them out. Sure. So I would send it to every TV station and just hope that somebody contacts me. That is funny. That's great. You so know? Uh, Zoom love or Skype love, which is better? No, I'm kidding. Um <laughs> It's the same, I'm sure. Um, so when you have these events and you sort of have an idea as to who you want to match people up with, do they know in advance or when you come in and you see, hey, Pam, come over here. I think that John, Henry, and Frank might be good for you. And then when Frank comes in, you may say, I think Pam might be good for you. I think Susie and Michelle over there might be good for you as well. I mean, do you sort of do that or do you just let the mixer or the happy hour go organically? Right. I mean, it varies. Obviously, with speed dating, it's structured. And there's there's a system where two people are assigned to a table. They're there for five minutes. They have little notes that they take and they write down whether they want to they're interested in the person. And if they're both interested, they get each other's contact information the next day and they rotate and, and so on and so on. Other other events are less structured where it's just a happy hour. And, you know, if somebody sees somebody, um, they can go up to them. I may initiate, you know, like, Hey, have you met so-and-so he would, you know, be good for you. Um, sometimes I do an icebreaker where it's a, there's games to, you know, initiate the con- help conversation start. What kind of games? To break the ice. Right. Icebreakers to kind of help people, you know, start talking to each other and, and little like there's a lock and a key. And if your key matches somebody's lock, but you have to go up to people to see whose lock your key fits. So that forces you to, you know, you have like an excuse to approach somebody. I see. Yeah, it's not like uh, you do a Pictionary tournament and see which partners work out the best or escape room and see which teams work out. No, I think escape rooms are good. I haven't done that. I've sent people there on dates. Um, You know, I think there's a lot of creative options for events. I think people 
really are interested in events because it's more organic. Right. Ask so, for one, probably not a good idea. Mm, I don't know. Could be interesting. Maybe not. Yeah, if they don't get along. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of axes around them. You know, I'm just saying. Right. Well, um, it could be a little scary. Have you ever had an occasion where a potential client came to you and they didn't realize it at first, but it's someone that you knew and all of a sudden it was like a little bit awkward or does, does everyone, they know who you are and it's like, they don't care. They're like, I'm, I'm coming to Tammy because I'm coming to Tammy. So you're saying, you're asking me. Has anyone somebody... ever, has anyone sort out your services without doing a whole lot of research? They sort of just heard good things and then it turns and they go, oh, wait a minute, I know you. <laughs> and it's been like awkward. yeah it's probably happened i mean definitely people who who've known me have reached out to me neighbors you know people i went to high school elementary school with have reached out to me um no but i mean accidentally so, they didn't they didn't they didn't know that they knew you and when they got there they're like oh this you know i know you no i don't think so i don't recall that Okay. Yeah, like no, they came the people to me that didn't because, know you. Yeah. 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 Right. So you indicated uh, that you have certain activities, and you told me about something that you really love, and that you've been using something called pickleball. 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 All right. So what is pickleball? So pickleball is the fastest growing sport in the world. Oh, and okay. it's become my favorite passion. I try to play almost every day. It is a combination of like ping pong, tennis, and badminton. So it's a different, it's not a racket. You're holding more of a paddle, more like a ping pong paddle. It looks more similar to that. It's a smaller court than tennis, different rules than tennis, different point system than tennis. Um, it's it's just so much fun. It's a wiffle ball, not a tennis ball. Mm -hmm. So if you play tennis, there's a chance that you may have, you may, I mean, you may pick it up quicker just because of the eye-hand coordination, but you don't have to play tennis to enjoy pickleball, but it's just, it's, it's the biggest rage and it's bringing singles together everywhere. And in fact, I started a, a group on through Facebook called pickleball dating. And now I get about 50 new members a day from wow. around the world today. I got somebody from Italy and it's very exciting and people are starting to talk to each other and find, um, not just romance, you know, they're finding like people to play with. Um, but they're also finding romantic partners through my group and I'm hoping to do events. It's still fairly new, but I'm hoping to do events in the near future. Oh, that sounds like fun. So we're, well, mostly audience wouldn't know there, but there's like pickleball, like places, like there's like tennis clubs and how there used to be squash. There's pickleball courts growing everywhere. So like when I play, I just, I meet people, especially right now I'm in Florida. I meet people from all over the country. I met just today, I was playing with somebody from Alabama, somebody from Chicago, you know, yesterday I was playing with somebody from New Zealand, like this sport is having, it's, 
such an impact on people because it's it's great exercise. It's so much fun and it's incredibly social. Was it the prime minister in New Zealand after she stepped down, she decided to play pickleball with you? I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. She didn't say I'm the former prime minister that just stepped down? No. Okay. No. Right. Just, just making sure. All right. Yeah. What What are some of your funniest stories or some of your best success stories? Hmm. Without using names, obviously. Right. Right. I mean, I have, a, you know, a lot of success stories, but um, I'd say one is a gentleman who was, you know, ma- married for 25, 30 years. Um, very, very, he happens to be super successful. Um, very nice looking. And I was bringing him women that I thought he would like, and he, you know, had a nice time and, you know, he was happy and everything, but it wasn't the right fit. And then by getting to know him further, I realized that he wanted a, a, a women from a particular race. And I would not have known that by, you know, initially meeting him until I got to know him better. So we made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Is your new year still falling flat? You are not alone. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy. But Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. No commitment. Cancel any time. Deal ends February 16th. See Home Club for details. I remembered a woman I had spoken to from Manhattan. And basically, they it was during COVID. They had a virtual meeting. They were interested in each other. Four, four months later, she moved down to Baltimore. He put her up in her own apartment, bought her a car, and now they're ma- they got married like this past summer. So, you know, if you met these two people, if you saw them visually, you wouldn't necessarily have put them together. But by working closely with him and getting to really understand like what, who he finds attractive and what his, you know, what he likes, I was able to kind of hone in on that and, and find that person. So that was like a really exciting success story. And they just are, are so happy together and it's just, you know, amazing. Um, another one is a young couple where, um, they were both my clients. Um, the, the woman is, they're both in their 20s, like their mid to late 20s. And the woman was born with a developmental disorder, um, a movement disorder. So that, you know, she had never dated before. And her mother actually approached me wanting her to get some more, some, that's not necessarily like, her marriage partner, but just to get some dating experience. And basically I found her somebody who also had his own type of disability, um, who was also very interested in, in having a committed relationship. And they were very accepting of each other. They both had things that made them a little different from, I guess, just the average person. They had their own 
different kind of disability, but it worked for them. They didn't care and they loved and accepted each other and they got married in the last year. So that was really exciting. Um, another one, which is really amazing is a woman, a woman who, um, really hadn't dated and still wanted to have children. She actually went online and I kind of coached her through that. She met a guy, she's in Maryland. She met a guy from Africa and I was a little bit skeptical at first because I hear about a lot of online scams and stuff like that. And at first I, I was a little was bit. Was he a Nigerian you know, prince with a fortune? No, but I was a little concerned and I was nervous for her. And, but then I actually met him online with her. I spoke to both of them many times and I could see that he was a great guy. And this is like four years ago. And they had an online, like just a virtual relationship or whatever, a long distance relationship. And they had it, they didn't meet each other for the first time until like two years later through COVID, which was really challenging coming from Africa. The first time they tried to meet in Jamaica, she got there and he got stopped in England. He got stopped because of COVID, because of the, like they closed the borders all of a sudden and so here he traveled for 24 hours anyway he was sent back but then they met months later she met him in in south africa and anyway long story short they're getting married in a few months like he just got his visa which took many many months and so that's just like such a fairy tale story that i'm just over the moon happy for them yeah the international so there's a lot of what? The international matchmaker. Now, if it was really a story tale, love, you'd find a prince and like a mermaid. I guess so. Yeah. I haven't had a mermaid as a client yet, but that could be very interesting. Dare to dream. Dare to dream, Tammy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Look, I, I don't want you to give up too much of your, your secrets or whatever and, you know, and, and reveal any privacies. But it is, you know, Val, bless you. It is Valentine's Day Thanks. coming up, and who else should we ask other than you for tips for those lonely hearts out there who are trying to find love? What should they do, and what should they absolutely not do? Well, I don't think there's any absolute do's and don'ts. Um, I would say if what you're doing isn't working and it hasn't been working and try a different approach. That doesn't mean you have to use a matchmaker, but maybe it's putting new pictures up if you're doing online and, you know, kind of refreshing your profile or rewriting it. You know, maybe it's, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone and trying some different activities where it'll increase your opportunity to meet people. Um, You know, there's a lot of times there's like kickball for adults. And there's lots of things out there if you seek them out, if you look, to try to meet other other singles. Yeah, maybe if so, you're 50, stop dressing like you're 22. Could be that. <laughs> you know, like maybe you want to like lose weight if that's something that you feel is getting in the way. This is getting very you. personal right now. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not make, trying to make it personal. Oh. But, you know, it's, you know, it's, 
you know, it's also getting your mind in the right place and believing that it's going to happen for you and really telling yourself that you're creating this and, and then following that up with action, action steps, like, you know, maybe even asking friends, Hey, do you know anybody who's single? That's how I met my husband was just, you know, I happened to ask my friend Shelly if her boyfriend at the time, Mitch had any single friends and that's how I met my husband. So you really gotta, it's not gonna, you know, most likely it's not falling in your lap or you're not going to meet him or her in the freezer section of the food store. I mean, it could happen, but you don't want to just kind of bank on that. I think you've got to be very strategic, um, like finding a job. I know that doesn't sound really romantic, but you've got to be very action oriented and take very intentional, practical steps to find that person. Because I believe there's many potential matches for all of us out there. It's not just one. You just got to make, you know, make, do things to create the opportunities. Yes. Well, so both you and I have been the one thing I would, <laughs> more than one. So yeah, well, that's for sure. Uh, no, I mean, what I would say is not, not to do is don't just stay in your home and think like, it's going to happen and just feel sorry for yourself. I know it's hard, but if, you know, if you're feeling very discouraged, there, there are, you know, there, there's other supports like myself out there, or there's other ways to meet people. So, you know, maybe online, maybe you need a break, maybe you're burnt out and it's, it's just, you know, feeling, too, you know, discouraging and, and, and that, it's very common. And so, 20, sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. I was gonna say, so it's 2023, and let's say, say it's a middle-aged person, they're divorced or you know, widow or widower, whatever, and they're getting back into it, and they're going on a first date. Uh, now, when we were young, it was kind of cool if you if you brought you know if the man brought a, a woman a flower. Is there is there like you know, when you get older, you go to someone's house, you, you, you bring, you know, a bottle of wine. Like, what is appropriate or inappropriate, like, on a first date to do? Is is, is it too much for someone to uh, bring some type of gift uh, on a first date? Or is, like, you know, flowers or, you know, a bottle yeah. of wine or something, you know, classy? Or is it seem like you're trying too hard? I mean, I probably wouldn't recommend it because when I set two people up, I've, I've told each of them about each other and they've seen a, a, a profile without revealing confidential information like last names and phone numbers. Mm -hmm. um, but basically when two people that I introduce meet, it's the very first time. So essentially it is a blind date. So I never have people go to each other's homes. I usually find a neutral place um, like a restaurant or an activity that they can do together. Um, I think a gift could be a little overkill, but I don't, again, I don't think it's necessarily wrong. I think, for example, if you know that like the person you're meeting has a dog, it could be very sweet to bring the dog, you know, the person a little toy for their dog. So 
a thought, a small thoughtful gift, I think could be very sweet. Um, I just wouldn't do anything too over the top, like roses, because I think that, you know, a dozen roses can just be a little bit too strong, especially if they're not necessarily interested in you or there's no chemistry. Mm -hmm. um, it could be awkward. Um, so I would, I would probably say generally maybe hold off on the gift, but I've had people do little something and, and it can be, you know, if you bring one flower, that can be very sweet, you know, instead of like a dozen roses. Let's say the date, first date, both parties, you know, this is the scenario. I think it went pretty well to well. Um, what is the appropriate increment these days in, you know, sending a text or calling someone or sending a text to him personal in, in post-date contact? Like, is it too much to call the next day or send a text the next day? Or is that almost expected no. these days? Like, what, what are the rules? No, I think it's good if it, if it went well to let the other person know um, within, you know, a couple days that if you didn't say it at the end of the date that, oh, I'd like to see you again, to let them know you had a good time. Um, and that you're interested in seeing each other again, because that way you're, you know, you're keeping the momentum going. And, and a lot of times people don't know if it went well. Now, since, the, you know, when people are a matchmaker, they find out very quickly because I get, I'm involved. I talk to people the next day and I send out a survey. So I know immediately. So nobody's ever left hanging, but I generally definitely think it's important to let somebody know if you had a nice time um, and let them know you would be interested. So, you know, we all do better with positive reinforcement and it's a little scary, you know, to, to put yourself out there and, and kind of be vulnerable, even be vulnerable in that way. But I think just letting them know that you had a good time and I wouldn't overwhelm them and be sending them like five texts the next day or, or call more than once because you don't want to scare them either look really desperate right okay so let's say you had these relate these, these dates and you went on more than one um and in, in this scenario one person probably likes the other one more but the other one you know they, they had a they had a good time and and you know they like going out with the person but it you know it hasn't been the sparkle in their eyes yet they're they're not sure how many of those okay dates you know is when it's when you sort of say to someone you know it's probably time to try somewhere else try right somewhere. i mean i don't make that determination i let them make that determination I, I or we make it together by processing the date talking about it you know i i definitely think it's important not to make any quick judgments. I see that more often where people see one thing they don't like and they're like, nope, I'm done. You know, they see one thing they don't care for about the person. They get scared and they don't give it a chance. Mm -hmm. But if somebody I feel has been open-minded and they've played it out and they've gone on a few dates and they just feel like it's not building, it's not developing or they're not, a, a connection's not growing then I respect their choice. I'm not there to pressure anybody or make them feel they have to keep dating somebody they're really not that into. So 
you know, I try to be their uh, voice of reason or try to, you know, help them figure this out because it's not always clear cut, right? Sometimes you don't feel spark right. the first few dates and then all of a sudden you do. There's no exact science to it. Um, but I just think my professional, you know, Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts. Plus, it's temperature balancing, so you'll stay cool when the nights get a little warmer. And right now, it's our President's Day special. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. Visit the Mall in Columbia Sleep Number store today perspective with you know being a a therapist really comes into play there is very beneficial to my clients just because I I kind of know the you know a lot of people are dealing with a lot of emotional issues when it comes to dating they don't want to make a mistake they have a lot of anxiety Um, they have unrealistic expectations they think they should be like doing cartwheels because of what they see on tv so you know I, I try to be that neutral person for them to try to, you know, help them make, come to a decision. Right. You, you indicated that you, after the date, after the people meet, what, what you know, they date, whatever we want to call it, that uh, you get sort of like an incident report. You follow up and you find out what's going on. You get a survey. So I'm sure it comes up probably plenty where one person's like, I really was into that person. Let's just use Jack and Jill. And let's just say Jack was really into Jill, but Jill was not feeling it at all. And, you know, it's only one date. Do you say to Jill, you sure you don't want to go out with Jack a second time? Jill's like, you know, maybe she says, okay, one more time. Or she says, absolutely not. Do you then have to, do you feel it's incumbent upon you to go to Jack and say, listen, I talked to Jill. I know you like her, but I don't think it's going to work out there. Let's see what else I have for you. Yeah, I do that all the time. Okay. And that, I do, I'm not there to hurt people's feelings, but I don't want to waste anybody's time. Right. And I don't want to give them false hope. Right. So It's also alienating your other clients who, you know, Jill, who, you know, you, you don't want to waste her time either. Right. Right. And, you know, I always tell people it's a process. It's all, I mean, yes, have I, have I had matches from the very first date? Yes. But more often than not, it's a process where you have to meet, a few people before mm-hmm. it clicks. Um, so, you know, I just, we continue searching and, and we just move on. What, what are the oddest sets of hobbies which led to a match? Like something that, that you wouldn't picture, like you had two mid-40s people who just loved Harry Potter or something like that, that sort of out of oh. the blue that, that, you know, you never knew would, would cause the spark, but... It's what caused the spark. I don't know. That's a really tough one. Yeah. I don't know if I have any, like, thing that stands out in my mind where the hobbies were really unusual or something, like, unheard of. I I need... Well, let's reverse it then. I don't want to put you in a situation where you have to really stretch. What, What... Let's flip it around to... What are the most common things that people bond over and that it, it leads to uh, a sort of a lasting bond? It doesn't need to be marriage, but something that, you know, right. it, you've had a reasonable dating experience. 
I mean, usually people, you know, are very visually oriented, right? We're a very visually oriented society. Mm -hmm. So often if there's some physical connection or attraction that that's usually right. What creates a desire to want to get to know this person, to talk to them, not always, but that's, that, that has a huge effect. Well, for me, and it's always because why... everyone sees me and everybody wants this. I, I understand, but you know, but what, what's the thing on the other side that the person needs to have? Well, I think just, you know, obviously looking really like you're happy and confident with yourself and, and showing, you know, that you have those intrinsic qualities that you care like about the other person. You're asking them questions. You want to know about them. You're showing interest. You're not looking at your phone, you know, during the date. You're, you know, you have good eye contact. Um, you're able to maybe connect yourself with what they're saying. So if they said, oh, I, you know, I love watching, I love going to uh, New York, to the theater, to watch, see musicals. Maybe, you know, the other person needs to say, oh, yeah, I once went to New York and I saw a uh, Fiddler on the roof. <laughs> Fiddler on the roof. And I loved it. And I'd love to do more like that. So you want to connect, maybe find a connection or something, a commonality. And it doesn't have to be anything huge. It could be they have a dog and you're thinking about getting a dog. And so you're like really interested and you're like, asking about like their dog and the breed and how did they find their dog? Did they get a rescue? Did they, you know, go to a breeder? Like, how did they know what to, you know? So, so you want to show interest and you want to find something uh, where you can find some type of practical connection besides the romantic connection. You know, you want to, you know, show like, oh, you, you like to run? Oh, I used to run. I can't run anymore because of my knees went bad. But where do where do you go running, right? Like and talk of you know. So you have some common commonality there, and it feels it helps build a connection. So uh, I I'd be lost on the running thing, of course. I be you know. So but you should definitely not lie about. Well, I stopped running because I lost my legs in the war, and you have your legs, and you've never been in a war. That's a that's a no no. But in more you know reasonable and less ridiculous no nos, like do you ever say to people, listen, don't talk about politics and don't talk about money. Yes. You know at least until the fourth date or something like that. Yeah, I say that a lot. I I usually say don't talk about politics or religion, or, you know, those are very sensitive topics and can be triggering for some people. And so let's keep it, you know, a little bit lighter. Um, and it doesn't have to be superficial, but let's steer away from politics and religion because those can be touchy subjects. Do you ever for... give suggestions on like, you know, restaurants? Like, do you, do you ever say, listen, the first date, you're not going to the Capitol Grill or, you know, or the most expensive. Well, I, yes, I would never do that. I set up the date. Mm -hmm. I set up the date. I set up the venue where they're going to meet and the, and the day and the time. So I would never do that. I would never, unless somebody really requests it and, mm -hmm. they're, and they don't mind paying for it, I would never have a date go out to a really expensive 
place unless again they they ask for that and they're gonna pay the bill do you suggest that the first dates go dutch or or no a date to date and you know it's i mean i'm old-fashioned that way i still feel in the beginning that the man should pay but i think it's nice for the woman to offer i really do um you know, I think it depends. It's very different out there. You know, dating's changing a lot. And so, you know, I think it's it's very personal. But I generally think when you're dealing with at least heterosexual couples that the men, women want to feel provided for. And it doesn't mean they have to pay every date. But in the beginning, I think women still like chivalry and like to feel that the, the man's, kind of taking the lead. Well, I'm and it's just, too. it's very, I, I feel the same way. And I have to tell you that, listen, I'm, I'm not single, but you know, I was six and a half years ago. And you know, if I was on a date and the woman offered to pay, part of me would think it's nice, but most of me would think she's telling me she's not interested. Oh yeah. I've heard that. It's interesting. You say, I've heard that perspective before. And I understand the you world change, but I'm probably dating someone from my generation, right? I'm not dating a 22-year-old. Right, right. There's no, there's no response I, needed. I used to offer mm -hmm. when I was dating after a couple times because I just, it made me feel more comfortable. So I didn't want the man to think I was just like not appreciating it or just, you know, feeling like I'm taking advantage or so, well, so I like to offer history, so that they, they, so that they know that, that you're interested. And then at that point, you know, they're just being, you know, they're not trying to take advantage of you, but you, you have to have the kissy kissy first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sounds like you should be a matchmaker. <laughs> I'm sure I would be awful at it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting you brought up, you know, with heterosexual couples. I mean, I assume that, that you do matchmaking for same-sex couples or, you know, I, I don't know all the terminology. Uh, do, you... Right. I, I don't, but there are matchmakers that I work with who do okay. specialize in that. Okay. In same-sex. And what I learned, because I spoke to, I worked with one like this past week, is um, she had, you know, we were actually matching my client out with her client. So I will collaborate with matchmakers from around the country and even other countries mm -hmm. um, if people are open to that. And this one client was heterosexual, even though she specializes in uh, gay, lesbian population. Um, and she said she expects the man in a, heter in a heterosexual date to pay. But she said it's not that way with same sex uh, dates. She, they usually split it. And I didn't know that. So I thought that was interesting. That's what she told me. It is interesting. Um, I mean, it's, it's not interesting. Like I need to now analyze it, but it is an interesting little factoid. Now I was going to wonder if you had a different approach and how you treated the matchmaking, but you don't do it. So you know, so there's, that's not much of a discussion. Um, Tammy, I know that you love love. And are there any last thoughts, you know, going into this Valentine's Day week? This show will probably drop on Valentine's Day or the, or the evening before, because, of course, that's when it should. Um, what, what kind of love tips can you give to those who are 
putting their toes back in the water or new love or maybe think they're on the beginnings of new love and uh, are there any suggestions you can give them to try to uh, keep them from going off the rails well first i say is if you don't have any person in your love life right now that do something for yourself you know be loving and kind to yourself treat yourself to something um for valentine's day or treat somebody in your you know friend or family you know get, you know giving love i think it comes back and that always feels good i think in terms of um you know if you're looking to be with somebody i mean maybe maybe you need to initiate something and step out of your comfort zone like if say you still have somebody that you've always thought about maybe you need to take a risk and call that person that maybe you haven't gotten over if you know they're single um you know take some risk like again look online see what events are out there there's like meetup.com they have always have like different just even um interest groups they're not necessarily just about dating but it's about making connections with just different people in your life because i believe one thing in life leads to another it's like the domino effect so even by like saying going to a tennis clinic on on you know thursday nights you never know how again one thing in life leads to another and how that can have a positive impact on your dating life right and when you do, so, do something like that you're already finding one thing in common you're both interested in tennis or bowling or whatever it might be that's true mm -hmm. Tammy, mm -hmm. if somebody's interested in engaging your services or finding out a little bit more about you how would they do so sure they can call me at 410-602-1683 or they can go to my website which is www.luckyinlove it's lucky in love l-u-v so make sure you're spelling it love l-u-v um, and then you can put in some basic information and then i can go ahead and say is it dot com or dot net dot dot com okay excellent all right well thank you very much thank you for your time and continued success in this very noble and important venture of getting people together um so it's my pleasure all right take care and and you have a happy valentine's day too bye <laughs>